Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Right, well, I have um, just sat down now. I've put Ted out. No, I haven't. I've let Ted in, but I know that he'd be screaming to get out at some point. They're always in. They're always out. Cats. Now, Collie Ennis. I have to ring Collie Ennis. Now, the last time I heard, he had about 15 quail eggs that he was incubating. So... Just uh, wonder how he's getting on with all that. Hello. Dr. Ennis, or should I call you Mother Goose? Mother Goose. <laughs> Quaily Ennis is one of my mates that call me as well. <laughs> Every orifice of my body has an egg coming out at this stage. It's <laughs> less than pleasant image there. Sorry about that, dear listener. So anyway, I'm dying to know about your quails. But before that, um, you have something exciting. Yeah, we're going to have a, a split episode from the ridiculously cute, <clears throat> which we'll finish off on, to the um, the ridiculously horrid uh, creature that I came across in my own local river in the middle of a, a, a fairly working class housing estate in Talla in Dublin. This creature just happened to me. I was doing some kick sampling, which basically means you're turning over stones to see what bugs and fishes lie underneath. And I turned over a stone. I was with my daughter. And this, what I thought was a European eel, squiggled out. Very eel-like looking creature. Uh, about four to five inches long. And I just stopped for a second before I netted it because its head looked quite unusual for an eel. Yeah. And then I realised that it was actually a small lamprey. What's a lamprey? Okay, right. So lampreys are incredible. I got really excited about this because... Well, you get excited about everything. Yeah, I know. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> they're incredible fishes though because they're they're like jawless fish, basically. They predate the dinosaurs 300 million, 400 million years old. Um, jawless? Jawless fish. So instead of a jaw, what they have is like a row of circular teeth. So if you can imagine the most hideous looking row upon row of circular teeth in a round uh, spiraling shape going into the center where their tongue is and their tongue is actually covered in teeth as well jesus so it's like a pneumatic drill so they use the teeth to grip onto other fish and then they use the tongue to bore in and scrape out the flesh of the fish that are sucked onto and basically suck its blood so they're like aquatic vampires jesus they've got seven gills these two beady little eyes and one nostril wow so the one nostril is highly sensitive to smell uh, the fish they would predate on and they'll chase them down 
latch onto them and start munching away on the, on the fish as the fish is still alive. Now, they very rarely would kill a fish, but they do leave these scars. So a lot of salmon and trout you'd see around Irish and European rivers will have these massive scars on them. And they're exactly from, from these lamprey species that come up, up rivers. Hmm. And another cool thing about them is that they, they actually metamorphose. So when they're, the adults travel out to sea to feed, basically, in in all, in most of these species. In the three species we have, which is the brook, the river, and the sea lamprey, they all go downstream, some to the estuaries, but the sea lamprey goes right out to sea to feed. Wow. And when they come back up the river to spawn, they lay their eggs in these mounds that they dig out themselves. They suck on to the rocks and move them. It's, it's really amazing to see. And they can move these massive rocks. They're actually, their Latin name means... Rock liquor, which is bizarre, very appropriate, but they create these little furloughs in the river, these little these little gaps and dredges by doing that when they're spawning, and that provides habitats for uh, salmon and trout, sea trout that move upstream to spawn in as well. So they're really important species. But as I was saying, when they spawn, their babies are blind and have no teeth, none of these circular teeth, and they basically just hang around the streams and the riverbeds and pick off microorganisms for about seven years. They'll just hang out there, just buried in the dirt. You wouldn't even notice them and not bothering anyone. And then they go through this change and they basically turn into this vampiric fish that starts munching on everything that it, that it can uh, get its, its, its fangs into. God. Now, one of, one of the fascinating things, though, they live in the rivers and then they go into the sea to feed. But that's not an easy transition you can't just take a, a freshwater fish and dump it in the in the sea because to live in freshwater to live in salt water you need two completely different systems to deal with salt exactly yeah to deal with losing water if you're a fish in freshwater you have a tendency to take in water through your skin because of osmosis and then the opposite is true in salt water so saltwater fish is losing water and has to drink more and then has to have these incredibly complex systems to deal with all the salt that's coming into its body. So it'd be like um it'd be like you and I almost having to learn how to go and breathe on Mars or something. Like that just mind boggling. It is. It's crazy. And to think that so many fish do this. Yeah. Like you have your salmon, your trout. And repeatedly because you you come back in to then to breed. Yeah. So you, you have to change back again. Yeah. It's uh, they're incredible flip floppers. <sighs> but it's it's you know, it's an amazing ability and it does well without us interfering, and I think it's something we'll touch on towards the end of this conversation about the lampreys, without us interfering and putting in, you know, hydroelectric dams and all, they would be still quite successful in, in you know, breeding upstream away from predators at sea, which is why these fish do to do what they do. It it makes sense for them to go upstream, spawn less predators, less uh, creatures like crabs and lobsters and everything else that wants to munch on their babies, and then they can head back out to sea or die if if as the lampreys do when they spawn. Oh, very like salmon. Yeah. Very very like salmon. Salmon go out to sea to get more food. It's just more plentiful. And then some of them do actually die when they come back. Not all of them, but some of them do actually die because they don't. Yeah. Salmon uh, often don't eat for up to a year when they're going back up the river to spawn. Yeah. Um. So by the time they get there, they're spent. Yeah. I always find it very funny as a, as a fisherman because you're chucking flies and worms in front of salmon. You're trying to make a reaction 
they do take the flies and they do obviously people catch them in rivers all the time and mm. it's difficult and it takes a skill because what you're trying to do is get that memory of them hunting at sea mm. a reaction out of them where they'll snap at something just out of instinct yeah so yeah it's, it is it is crazy of course my take on that is what do you what are you doing fishing anyway but anyway that's another discussion <laughs> <laughs> that's, we'll have that about the quail yeah but that's that's fascinating I've never even heard about those fish lamprey that's I have to go and Google it now. I'm not near a computer, but I'll have to go and Google it. They are amazing. And they're critically uh, endangered in, in lots of places in Europe and protected, highly protected species in Europe and especially in Ireland and England. But they're not doing well because of dams and dredging of rivers. Like one of our massive lamprey breeding spots, the, the Brandon in Cork, the river down there, was dredged where all the, the young I was telling you about would be hanging out and eaten oh. for all those years so that basically wiped out thousands but thousands of, of lava at different stages oh. and it was you know nobody listened nobody listened to the experts it was just the river has to be dredged and we all know dredging rivers doesn't work it just causes more problems kicking the can down the road so they're not doing well over here on the flip side of that coin human activity in the states so digging canals into the great lakes and making them more accessible for boats has allowed lampreys basically to cross the Atlantic oh. and to become an invasive species in the States. And oh. millions upon millions of dollars are pumped into protecting the giant paddlefish and the big, huge salmon and the, the, the lake trout, you know, highly prized edible fish for communities over there. And you have all these European lampreys who are doing so badly at home now taking up residence in the States. And because they've no natural predators over there that know how to deal with them, they're actually becoming highly, highly invasive. Yeah. So it's kind of a, there's good and new and bad news for the lamprey in how they're faring at the moment. But again, largely down to us and uh, our activities. But yeah, I was chuffed to find one. But isn't it amazing how many treasures, how many wonderful treasures are hiding in places that we don't think about? Exactly. I mean, how often have I stared, stared into the canal or stared into any body of water and you just have no clue what might be under a rock? That's amazing. It is crazy. And it's it's one of those things that was like, you know, I, I that was my first time seeing one that wasn't dead. Oh. So it was a, a real thrill for me. Like, you know, so... Uh, it's something you'd expect to find in a pristine, clear river in the west of Ireland that hasn't been disturbed. So to see that they're still making their way up to to this part of the river and right into urban centres in, in, in a fairly built up European city, it shows some promise. And I know they've come back into Thames. It means if we clean up our rivers and we give these uh, fish these amazing fish that have been around for hundreds of millions of years, you know, give them little passes so they can get up past weirs and stuff that's blocking their spawning places. They will come back and they will bounce back. And uh, yeah, it's really, it's really good. Living fossils. Living fossils, living vampiric fossils <laughs> with, one, with one nostril. Crazy, crazy. You couldn't make it up. Yeah, I know. And that nostril that they have, another thing, you know the way salmon will come back and spawn in the river that they came from? Yeah. Because they can actually smell the river or sense. Yeah. These guys are completely different. They'll basically go up any river where they smell their lava. Ah. So they're young, they're juveniles that will give off a pheromone and that will attract the adults back from all over. So say a river, uh, an adult that was in the Tolka River over the other side of Dublin, he could be swimming around at sea and just get a smell of juveniles being in 
you know, the Dodder River or the Liffey gotcha. and just follow that. Yeah. So if one happens to swim up a river where there were some juveniles actually dumped by a, a boat dropping off, you know, some water that I took on board and that's what they they reckon they got into the States from, boats take jettison uh boy weight or just some some maybe fishing bait as well and then the adults just follow it and they follow it right across oceans and you know a, 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 a lamprey that was tagged in Ireland once ended up in Portugal no in a river there so they are incredibly weird beautiful disgusting creatures and yeah I recommend anybody at home now if you're bored today <laughs> google that lamprey and have a look at that mouth and especially the the drill like tongue <laughs> yeah. I mean that's incredible Great thing to uh, threaten your kids with. Yeah, it'd be great, wouldn't it? I mean, or, or open, I was thinking about opening eggs would be very handy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they killed the king allegedly as well. They killed the king, how do you mean? Henry the Fourth. Oh. Yeah, Henry the Fourth. He was supposed to have, um, King Henry of England, he was supposed to have been advised by his doctors not to eat lamprey because lamprey were a massive diet, part of the uh, European diet for years because they're very rich um with all the food they take in, they're oily as well. But they were so rich and he was eating them while he was quite sick that the doctor advised against it. And as he died, the doctor said that he, he OD'd on lamprey, basically. So it's a quite unique uh, unique thing to put on a death cert for a king. But uh, how true it is, I don't know. But yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> died by pretty lamprey. funny. <laughs> we want it to be true. Yeah, there you go. Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Um, so yeah, so we've we've about eight quails in the back garden. We've uh, a lot of females. So they were rescue jobs, right? Yeah, we got them from a a, a place that basically is a commercial farm. And when it, they get to a certain age, like chickens, 
they'll stop producing as many eggs for the the farmer in question and he'll usually just wring their necks and that's them sold as food for for hunting dogs or for snakes or whatever but uh, we took on the eight of them and a male and we just had the eggs for breakfast dinner and tea last year but now they're getting to the stage where I think they're coming towards the end of their days as well the older females so I said I'd try and incubate some of their eggs and see how it goes so I popped 20 in in an incubator did my bit of research for a few months beforehand but yeah still still first time at doing it so it was a bit uh, of excitement First question, why incubate and why not leave them under a mother? So quails, because they're so domesticated, they've been bred out of actually being broody. They're not like Ah. chickens. So a chicken will get broody and want to sit on eggs, where quails will lay perfectly fertile eggs, but they'll just dump them there and go about their day. It's a strange thing. Yeah. And they very rarely, even if you keep them in an outdoor pen like I do, they very rarely revert to nesting. They sometimes do, but it's it's virtually unheard of wow if you were to let them go out in a field they might breed because they'll just switch back into the kind of the the natural way of things but the japanese quail the particular breed i keep are more or less you have to incubate them to get them to hatch kind of reminds me of like you know the english bulldogs the way they nearly always have to be cesarean section birds because we've bred them that way so that's the uh, that's the reason why I had to incubate them. Because normally, normally, if in in terms of ethics and and whatever in dealing with animals, normally the best thing for the animal would be to leave them with the with the parents, you know, to give them as natural a life as possible. But then, if it's being bred out of them, that's the only option you have. That's so interesting. Yeah, if you had a bantam hen or another, even a, a, a larger species of hen, you could stick the quails in, and she was broody. You could squeak, ah. stick the quail eggs under her. And she'd look after them then as if they're their own. Yeah. Which is, which is, uh, I thought was funny. And to be honest with you, if they did sit on their own eggs, it would be a lot less stress. Yeah. Because you you literally do become mother goose. Yeah. Because you're watching the humidity and the temperature and making sure that, you know, you just have to check it every day. And of course, like if you're busy in work, it is stressful because you might forget one morning and you go into work and then. Temp or the humidity is at a drop, and you have to keep it at a certain percentage. And it's just it it is it is um, it's it's en- engaging and it's work. So I suppose the pandemic was the perfect time to to get stuck into it and give it a shot. Yeah. But um, so you have about fifteen, and how soon? Like I, when- I popped twenty in the brooder, but uh, you know, and I kind of yeah had been checking on them and everything. And then you get to a stage where you stop turning the eggs. You have to turn them every day. Yeah. You get to a stage around day 15 that you stop turning them and you just turn really pump up the immunity up to about 90 and just leave them to it. And it's supposed to take from around day 15 to around day 21 for them to hatch. On day 16, I went into my kitchen and I was convinced we had rats because all I could hear was this squeaking. I was like, what the hell is that noise? And I'm looking behind radiators and everything completely forgetting the fact that I had these chicks about to hatch out and you know I wasn't even sure if I oh were they communicating from inside the shell yes is that a synchronized hatching do they hatch at the same time then so they pip the shell and they start calling they all kind of one calling seems to set off the others into this you know avalanche of eggs hatching yeah and 
They're imprinted on you then. Yeah, very like that scene in Jurassic Park where he's looking and he's saying to the raptor, come on, little fellow. So, yeah, that was me. And and they, they have a look. The first person they see is my ugly mug coming out with a Slayer t-shirt on and think I'm mama, which is really strange because you put them in. Then, of course, you have to take them out of the incubator because it's quite moist in there and put them into a, a brooder, which is basically a replacement from mommy's feathers. It's It's a big lamp. Um, and it's set just above a plastic little tub where they can run around as a nice soft sawdust, but it's really warm from around 40 degrees. Keep them really warm and provide them water. Of course, they don't know what food is or what water is. So Mama has to show them, even if Mama is Collie. Exactly. <laughs> even if it's me. So I'm basically sticking my, my for a route, Five or six hours over the weekend, I had to take a day off work and sit and peck at, you know, crumbs, the chick crumbs, which is their food. Yeah. And put my finger in water dish, all that kind of stuff, just to wow. give them a, a sense of, you know, what is what and, and what they can eat. So, yeah, it was uh, yeah. really cool, really interesting. They're such dotes. Ah, God. You know, you get really attached to them already. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm delighted. I really have. So, like, they'd be able to replace our our aging flock as they start dropping off because they don't live very long. They live about five years, four or five years. And, and, then, and then these guys will be the replacement. And I can kind of keep that circle going. And do you have enough room for 15 quails? I do. I do. I made sure because I have the side passage now basically blocked off and they'll be able to live quite happily down there. And I have a second cage um, where I can put them in as well at night just to keep them safe. But yeah, plenty of space. And do they have a run and stuff? Like, do they need space to run around and yeah, scratch that's and, the main and all thing. that? Exactly. And act like quail. If you go to a quail breeder, for example, they'll sell you these cages that are like cage floor, cage wall, cage roof. Yeah. And a feeding tray and a bottle. And it's just... Unethical. You can't imagine. According, according to like... The laws of farming, that's perfectly reasonable and ethical for them. Laws of farming aren't based on ethics, though, or or proper welfare. It's yeah, I mean, nobody's going to have a proper life in a cage. So minimum welfare standards are brought in to meet whatever definitions somebody. It's all about legalities and what exactly what definition you put on welfare, what definition you put on good life and whatever definition the legal people come up with animal welfare standards are brought in to to tick those boxes but that doesn't mean they're having a proper life i mean you and me yeah what we need to survive some to eat drink play netflix i mean we're all in in cages right now because of lockdown and we're not enjoying it even though in theory we have everything that we need exactly to survive but just surviving is not life it's not a proper uh, form of of life we have everything we need exactly we're not allowed to act like like humans, humans, proper humans, because yeah, we've been denied yeah. a certain amount. And I think it's important, even if you're using animals for food or whatever, like it, there is proper ethics, letting animals run around, let them behave like yeah. they're meant to behave and let them have that little bit exactly, of Exactly. That's it. Yeah. Um, is, is massively important. And I think like we couldn't keep chickens ethically in our back garden because we just haven't got the space, but you can keep quail very, very well in a smaller garden with a decent run and they love it you know and you can see by their behavior they stretch out they're able to do have their dust baths they have their little personalities there's no stress there's no feathers being pecked out it's um 
yeah, it's easy to spot. And I think it's important. And I can't recommend them enough if if you have a small small holding or a garden that you want to look, uh, you would like to raise your own eggs that are, you know, not battery fed. You know, you get your bag of feed, you feed them up, you give them your vegetable scraps from the kitchen. And they're happy as Larry. And they really, during the summer, they really pump out eggs. And their eggs are so nutritious compared to yeah. chicken eggs. They're really, yeah. really good for you. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm delighted with it. And the whole experience of hatching eggs as well has been very cool. That Eggs that aren't snake eggs or lizard eggs or tarantula eggs. Like, it's my first non-slimy, creepy uh, experience of watching eggs hatching. It's just as magical as the other stuff. Um even more so because you know you're kind of imagining these are little dinosaurs so yeah very very cool which is totally you then little dinosaurs exactly yeah i'm buzzing off and i absolutely love them they're actually sitting here beside me when i'm talking so i'm just looking at them and i can't i can't i hope i hope we get through this uh lockdown so you might get to see some before they become into uh rough adults but i have been sending you some videos so i hope so yeah yeah there you go they're cute little things Life is amazing. When new life comes into being, it's it's extraordinary and the innocence of it and the beauty of it. Yeah, that's it. And it's a real privilege to see this sort of stuff. So yeah, delighted. Well, I'm glad you've, I'm glad you've been busy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Looking at ancient fish and very young birds. Oh my God, that sounds so wrong. But you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Let's just leave that there. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, that's brilliant. Right, so look, I'll catch up with you. Uh, I better let you go back and feed those quail. Exactly, exactly. The mother goose has to go back and do her thing. <laughs> look after yourself. I'll talk to you soon, yeah? Mind yourself. Bye-bye. The Critter Shed is part of The Warren, the home of great Irish podcasts. As is my podcast, Meet Your Maker. You can find more great shows at thewarren.ie. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.